one thing I feel like that AI can't really do well um, is video content. And as we've seen with the growth with TikTok and like now YouTube shorts and like video is definitely one of those things that I would say the average small business is way behind on. Welcome to the EMJ podcast, the show that is focused on providing you strategies for marketing your small business so that you can become profitable. Your business has a product or service that you want to get in front of users. When there's stiff competition in Google, you have seconds for your messaging to connect with users. If there's no connection, users will just click on the next result within Google. Understanding Google's changes to its algorithms can be a full-time job. That's where today's guest, Joy Hawkins, comes in. Joy is a local SEO expert who has been involved in the local SEO industry since 2006. Joy currently owns a local marketing agency, Sterling Sky. Joy also owns Local U, an advanced local SEO training platform, as well as the Local Search Forum. Small business owners know that they need to work on how they show up locally in Google and in Google Maps. I asked Joy to tell us what's changed in local SEO in 2023. She talks about opportunities in local search that businesses should be taking advantage of. Joy also talks about how we can set our content apart from AI written content, as well as new ranking factors for local. In the show notes, I will include links to resources such as the State of Local Search 2023 that Joy was part of, and the upcoming Local U Advanced Conference in Dallas, Texas on April 26th. Now here's my conversation with local SEO expert, Joy Hawkins. Hi, Joy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I was hoping you could tell the listeners a little bit about Sterling Sky and your experience and the services that you offer and the training that you offer. Um, so I run Stern Sky, we're a local SEO agency. Uh, we are in both Canada and the US. So about half our team is in Canada, the other half in the US. And um, we work a lot with small businesses of various types. So like lawyers, realtors, home services, um, some some healthcare related categories as well. And um, we have the local search forum, which is a free online forum where you can go in and chat about anything related to local search and then locally U, which does events or people that want to learn. Um, so we get marketers, people in the SEO industry, and the like in-house um, people as well that come to those events. And um, yeah, we're a team of about 30, 34, 35. Can't remember. <laughs> um, that's, been growing quite a bit. Yeah, that's a pretty big team. So yeah, it's crazy saying that. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, we've been uh, started Sterling Sky in 2017. So we're coming up on year six. Um did not expect it to grow this fast, but it's yeah, been a that's fun a lot journey. of that's a lot of growth. <laughs> so I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about what you see changing in the the local search ecosystem in 2023. Yeah, I mean, I would say AI is all the rage right now. So what everybody's mm-hmm. talking about, but personally, I don't actually think it's a it's a big deal for for people that work in SEO. Um, I definitely think it might be a you know a change for something, but it kind of makes me think about. Voice search. When voice search was first coming out, I remember everyone was getting their their Google Homes and everyone was kind of freaking out again, thinking like, what does this mean? How do we optimize for this? Yada, yada. I, I kind of see this whole AI movement as, as something similar. Um, when it comes to SEO, I do think that it's going to you know possibly have some locations on certain types of jobs and things like that. But mm-hmm. 
I would say, you know, one of the things that we were probably see with the popularity of AI is likeliness, like there'll be a lot of uh, people regurgitating the same type of stuff online, right? Because it's an easy SEO strategy. You can literally spin out an entire new website for a client or a business and, you know, kind of put very minimal effort into it because the AI can actually write some decent content that sounds pretty good. Um, I think we're going to see more of that. And I think the way to combat that, if you're, you know, a business that's trying to do things a little more legit, um, is to to do more like kind of authentic things where you're like telling stories of customers or or problems that you've solved. Um, so coming up with that kind of unique front to it, and then also like video is just a good way to do that, right? Because that's yeah. one thing I feel like that AI can't really do well um, is video content and as we've seen with the growth with TikTok and like now YouTube shorts and like video is definitely one of those things that I would say the average small business is way behind on. Right. So would you say that, you know, um, a differentiator might be if they talk to the prospects pain points versus just, you know, beating on their chest and saying, Hey, we're great in this. Exactly. Yeah. So like, you know, for example, I, I work with, um, quite a few HVAC companies. So, you know, if you're talking about things like what to do when your furnace makes this noise or that noise or whatever, like a lot of people have articles on their sites or blogs or things like that, but they don't have a video form of that. So, right. you know, the quickest way to to get a list of topics for your videos is to look at your site, look at all the content you've already written, like in written form and see what's converting, um, see what's actually driving leads and they make videos on those topics first. Um I love it. That's kind of what we've been doing with our with our own marketing, and it's been working really well. That's fantastic. Um, that that's just a, a huge, a huge win right there, guys. So, uh, I was hoping you could uh, lean a little bit into any changes from the recent state of local search uh, twenty twenty three that you guys did on Bright Local. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So actually, this is something that I didn't cover there, but was is more new in the in the last week. Um, so the local search ranking factor study is is a study that comes out with from White Spark every year, and mm -hmm. uh, so they're working on producing this year's model. Um, and one of the questions that it asks is, uh, do services inside Google Business Profile listings impact where you rank? And um, we just released this new testing on that uh, two days ago, I believe, and. It's, it's kind of funny, like we did this test, this case study and test uh, three years ago, back in 2020, and we found that there was no impact, like uh, filling in your services on Google didn't make any difference, you know, didn't impact where you rank, what you rank for, etc. Um, what we've been noticing over the last few years is that Google has been building these out. So you kind of have two options when you go in, you can either fill them in yourself, or there's options that Google has, like, you know, if you're a uh, uh, a medical spa, they have this option for vampire facials. Don't ask me what those are. I have no idea, but it's an option in there. It's like, if you offer that as a service, you can check that box. And we were like, wow, it's very specific. Like Google's starting to get really specific with some of these services they're adding. And so we were wondering, like, you know, since they're putting all this effort into this, you know, there, there's got to be some impact. Like if you say you offer the service and then somebody ser searches for that service, right? it's got to have more of an impact. So we retested it, but just specifically looking at the ones that, that Google's coming out with, not the ones you fill in. And uh, yeah, it definitely did have an impact on ranking, tested it on a few different clients, different industries. And then I updated my article on it because our article three years ago was like, yeah, this doesn't matter. And it didn't back then. We were it was just coming out when we first tested it. Like Google was just releasing these 
predefined services. So I think that's huge. I think that's something that people often really miss. And up till now, everybody's been saying, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Um, and I think it's just like you know, the bigger learning lesson is like, don't be afraid to test things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what, what you read online is great. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy when people say they read my stuff and learn from it, which is awesome. But like things change and conclusions that you might read online could also be wrong. So I just think it's just a constant reminder that, you know, we've got to always be watching what Google's doing and kind of using that as our our guidance on how to do SEO instead of just like reading what somebody says. Absolutely. I, I will make sure to, to link to that article uh, in, in the episode. Um, so a question on that. Um, so if somebody was to do a um, Google business profile post to support that, which post type would you have them use? Would you have them use product or would it be uh, what's what's new or how would you actually do that? Yeah, so Google Posts, this this case study is, I think, two years old, but um, we did a lot of studies on Google Posts a couple of years ago. As far as we know, they don't impact ranking at all, um, mm-hmm. but like they can, you know, again, if somebody's searching, um, they can help your, uh, if your listing sometimes will feature like little snippets from the Google Posts. So it's a great idea to have them. Um, when we looked at different posts for different clients of ours, we found uh, very consistently that offer posts convert the best. Uh, so get the most clicks, get the most conversions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always the post type that I would suggest using. Um, the only negative to that is currently there is a, a technical issue. Offer posts are not showing on desktop. So they show on mobile devices only. But if you do an offer post, it's like invisible basically on computer. So as of right now, my recommendation is to actually do a couple different post types, like do a regular one and an offer one because offer posts just look so much better on mobile. But uh, the fact that they're invisible right now on, on desktop is a little annoying. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would agree with that. Um, so I'm going to go back to something you stated before, since we're talking about posts. Um, when you're talking about videos, um, how would you use uh, the video? Uh, would you use the video in your profile or would you put it in specific posts or would you actually just use it on the page and, and try to... Um, for your local uh, blue links in SERPs. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified that. So definitely the videos I'm talking about, I'm talking about like putting them on YouTube and then embedding them on your site. That is, we actually um, did a study on that recently talking about like the difference between like embedding from Vimeo versus YouTube. Right. It's huge. Like we actually had a client where I looked at their video traffic on Google and it completely flatlined. And when I looked back in time, like the Wayback Machine, their former SEO company had basically swapped it. Like they'd said, okay, we're going to switch it to Vimeo. And I asked the guy, I was like, why would they suggest this? And we were thinking maybe it had something to do with site speed. But when they switched from YouTube to Vimeo, um, their video traffic on Google completely flatlined. Then we just basically switched it back. And then Mm -hmm. you'll see like the graph goes way back up. Okay. So YouTube is the way to go when it comes to getting more traffic to your site. Um, also, you know, they have a lot of traffic there as well. Right. Um, so but definitely for your Google business profile, you can put videos there as well. Just they're very different types. Like you want really short ones. 30 seconds. Um, yeah. yeah. And like you want ones that are almost like eye catching, like because they autoplay on the Google Maps app. Right. Um, so like almost like more like a commercial, if that makes sense, like something really like pretty and eye-catching, maybe featuring an award, which it would not work at all for like the YouTube strategy that I was talking about. Right. And so the ones that you're talking about that were for YouTube, right, you're going to want to be 
you're summarizing what you have on your local content. So that yeah. means that keyword strategy should be in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like, you know, questions, informative things that people are asking. Um, right. That's, that's the content that I would make it about. Basically, right. your, whatever your page is about, just in video form. Fantastic. That's, that is really helpful. I hope you guys take advantage of that. So, um, uh, so what, we're going to pivot a little bit. Um, so, um, you know, a, a lot of, uh, you know, having looked at the forum and looked at um, users that are there, I can see a lot of different uh, opinions on different things. Um, can you uh, tell the listeners how business owners can get the right training to market their businesses locally? Yeah, I mean, it's really tough because there are so, like, it doesn't take anything to say that you know of SEO, right? Like anybody That's can make that claim. Correct. Anybody, it's like the barrier entry for starting an SEO business is very low. Um, anybody can claim anything. Uh, mm -hmm. So it is really important to, you know, obviously do your diligence and research as the companies before you just take their word on anything. Um, see what the reputation is like, you know, see if anybody knows who they are, or follows them, that kind of thing. Um, but I would definitely say like, you know, there are reputable sources out there for information. Like I think Moz is still a really reputable source um, for news and stuff, you know, search engine land, search engine journal, anything that they, those sources put out is usually pretty reputable. Um, I'm biased here. Obviously, local U does training. So our, our training is obviously very reputable, but yes. I'm really big on showing people like, this is what we tested. This is what we saw. And like, actually, rather than just saying something like, oh, we, we think this impacts ranking. I'm like, no, I'd rather show you why I think that so that you can see if you agree um, instead of just giving you this like fact without explaining anything. No, that's, that's uh, a very valid point. So having metrics uh, based upon tests are, mm -hmm. is a fantastic way. And that's based upon, uh, you know, all these tests, tests that uh, WhiteSpark does, right? As for the yearly local uh, metrics, like what, what are the ranking factors for local? So um, so you mentioned local U. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the local U acquisition and kind of what that means moving forward? Yeah, we acquired, oh goodness, when was it? 20, I think it was 2019. We mm -hmm. acquired local U. Uh, yeah, it was right before the pandemic. Great timing. <laughs> right. And um Local U was, uh, there was like four or five different people that were former owners of it. And um, so I talked to Mike Blumenthal about, I don't know, just like combining efforts or whatever. And it kind of led to us acquiring it. It wasn't, it wasn't like the sought out planned thing. Um, but it's been a great addition to Sterling Sky because um, Local U events are, you know, wonderful education for staff. So like, we have the luxury of being able to send like all of our staff to some of the local U events, like not all of them, but some of them. Um, and it's also just a great place to network and meet people, right? Like connections in this industry go a long way. Um, so if you really want to know, like, what are the newest methods? What are the greatest tools? You know, um, local U is kind of designed to, to really niche down on local SEO because I feel like most SEO conferences kind of neglect local like it's not talked about a whole lot absolutely absolutely yeah yeah so yeah it's, our next event is in dallas in april and um you know i've kind of been noticing with the conference world i'm actually going to be at pubcon next week and most conferences i've been at post covid pandemic they were not back yet to like full attendance like any any conference i've been to it's kind of like i don't know like half i would say of what like normal attendance was back in 2019 um I would encourage yeah. people to come. I think that we've lost 
the purpose a little bit of like why you need to actually see people in person <laughs> and like learn in person and like the benefits that you get from networking in person over, you know, versus like over Zoom or like whatever we've been kind of using um, instead of that. So I'm really hoping this year that, you know, conference attendance will, will really go up. Yeah, um, I can I can say the last two that I've been to, which were SMX uh, and uh, Spark, Spark Together 22. Okay. All, all remote you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would like to get some traveling in. That'd be great. Yeah, no, same. So like, we're excited. Uh, we're going to do two events this year. The the first one in Dallas, the second will be in Toronto in the fall. Um, we haven't released the date yet for that one, but, um, we're going to have completely different speaker lineups. We always, um, have completely unique content too. So that's something we require of our speakers. It's like, it can't be a presentation that you've done somewhere else that someone may have heard in another place. Um, so uh, the, the, Content's that's, always top quality. Yeah, that's that's great. I love that. Um, because you, you see a lot of conferences, it's just regurgitated. You can find it in different yep. places. Yep. So absolutely. All right. So I'm gonna pivot one more time. Um, what were your aha moments uh or breakthroughs in local search? Yeah, like so just to clarify what you mean by that question, are you talking about like just like SEO strategies that we utilize for clients, or are you talking about more like running the business? It could be uh it's personal to you. So it could be about your business and how you know you changed your business, how you marketed it, or it could be uh strategies that uh all of a sudden it changed and you saw something and you you capitalized on that. So Okay, yeah, sure. So um, this one kind of fits into both, I guess. When I started Sterling Sky, I had no idea like what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the plan was really initially for myself to to work there and just do some some, some consulting. And then I had uh, my colleague Colin Nielsen. We knew we wanted to work together because we had worked together at a former agency. And I was like, I'm going to hire you. The first person I hire, it's going to be you, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, he was my first full time hire, so that was all I really planned. Um, and I thought initially that we were going to do a lot of like, you know, training with agencies. Um, I thought we'd be like kind of the consultant that would come in and like, if they're having issues with client accounts or whatever, we'd be there to fix it and and whatnot. Um, we pivoted a lot from that. I want to say like about two years in, and basically what I just found was that, you know, a lot of agencies, they really want to know how to do it themselves, which of course, like you, you, you know, kind of need to have that. Um, so the demand for training wasn't nearly as high as the demand for actual SEO. Um, and initially I was like, oh, like consulting's more fun because it's, you know, like at the end of the day, if you're a consultant, it's you have less headaches, right? You have less problems because it's not really on you um long term to make a campaign succeed or not, right? It's on the SEO company, whoever is actually implementing everything. Right. Um so it's kind of like I I've, I've talked to lots of people where like the consulting angle seems to be like more fun and uh, less pressure. But I would argue that like what I've learned is, you know, if you're not actually in there doing it all the time, you're not as good of a consultant because hands-on experience is the most valuable thing um, provided that you are actually measuring the impact of what you do. So if anything, we've like really, like really, really honed in on in the last couple of years is like everything we do is tracked like meticulously. And if we're spending time and effort on something and we have no idea what came from it, we don't want to be doing for those things. We want to know that like every like, you know, minute that we are spending um, on effort for any client of ours is actually doing something like, is it, you know, increasing ranking? Is it increasing traffic? Does that then turn into more leads? Like, um, so that's, I think 
where the real value of SEO is, is like knowing that, knowing what things to spend time on and how to prioritize. Um, that's really what we have kind of focused all of our time and attention on versus like trying to train other people on how SEO works. Right. I, I think that's, it's, that is in tracking what's actually working. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of SEOs don't do that. They track keywords or they track analytics or they track, um, you know, events that happen, but they don't really quantitate like the actions that I'm taking, how many of these things, uh, the th- the time that I'm spending, what out of this is the most valuable. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of best practices just really don't do anything. So it's kind of interesting. Like, you know, you're like, oh, I think this should be this color and this font or, you know, like, cause it looks nice, but it's like, did that actually improve anything? Does that, you know, is it something that you can measure the impact of, of taking all that time and effort and spending it? If you improve site speed by two seconds, can you show what that did? Right. And in the uh, SEOs have the habit of doing a lot of optimizations at one time. So mm-hmm. it's hard to measure what out of those different things uh, had the impact, right? They're not really doing testing where they're changing one thing across a bunch of different pages and then waiting and seeing what the weight of that change was. Yep. Uh, is that what you tend to do is you tend to do, you know, a change across a bunch of different pages for a bunch of different clients and then see what that has. And then you do go in and you do the next change. Yeah. I'm, I'm huge on doing micro changes. So like, and once we know it works, then we, you know, stop worrying, worrying so much about like making sure we do it that way for every single client. But mm-hmm. first time that we're trying out things, um, or if we really want to know what the impact of something is, we'll test micro changes across, you know, a few different sites, different industries and see what the impact is, um, before doing, like you said, a long, a long laundry list. And then that thing, whatever it is that we're doing, that step only gets added to our our big process if we know it worked. And our big process is like the thing that we're constantly refining, right? Like taking steps out, adding new steps, making sure that like all the steps we're taking are actually making an impact. So when you're doing that, uh, for your baseline metrics that you're using, are you using things like local search heat maps and... um, for specific keywords or what type of metrics would you be using to, to, is it analytics to see, you know, ultimately is there more traffic or there more conversions at the end of the day? Yeah, I guess kind of nuanced because I guess there's different levels of, of tracking. So, you know, on a low level, I'd say if you see a ranking increase, great, but that doesn't mean anything if that ranking increase didn't result in more traffic. So right. that's like the next step. It's like, okay, if you know there's traffic and then the third, that is it the right traffic? Because I've seen pages literally drive thousands of visits for a small business that literally zero conversions, like right. no leads exactly. whatsoever. Exactly. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it's like really narrowing down on like which ones are sending leads, but also realizing that like, this is again, some of the nuances with SEO, like you could have a term that maybe only gets like three clicks a year, but it's a really high converting term. Right. So you may not necessarily see a click or, or two clicks right away that the second you optimize for it, but knowing like, okay, in the next year, they'll probably get like four leads for this. So it's it's worthwhile, even though it's super niche. Um, kind of making those calls and those decisions. I think this is where people are all worried about AI. I'm like, I don't think AI can do some of this kind of stuff that real like SEOs can do. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about the AI. I think there will always be the, for SEOs that actually provide strategy. Um, I don't think there's a problem. I think there will be a, a complete change for SEOs that 
are doing the same thing that ever that a whole bunch of different SEOs are doing that that cannot actually give a strategy themselves. So For sure. um, those people I think will be out of work. But uh yeah. So um to to um to talking about uh you know whether somebody be working or not. Um if you had a chance to actually tell your younger marketing self uh something, uh what would that be? Yeah, it's a good question. Um I think I think like just in regards to um like running the business and managing people and stuff, I probably like I think my younger self would have stressed about little things like when it comes to people um dealing with like larger SEO teams, like mm-hmm. um I'd say that was something I wasn't great at. You know, we used to have all these rules at the agency that I worked at, like so many rules, like, you can't do this. You can't do that. You got to be at work at this exact time. You have to, you know, uh, if your kid's sick, like they didn't have a lot of patience or understanding about things like that. And that's something I think with, (laughs) with age, I've realized like, listen, like you got to treat people well, and you have to also prioritize the things that they prioritize if you're going to have a really successful team. And I think, one of the things about running an SEO agency that I really strove for is, is retention is like my biggest metric. If I care about anything, having employees that are happy to work here, make them better employees, which thus makes us better at doing SEO. Um, so it's it's kind of the core thing. And I think we're pretty flexible on a lot of things, um, you know, like what hours you work, uh, how much vacation you're allowed, things like that. Like we're really lenient on a lot of that stuff because we've just found that it, it attracts better people. Um, not lazy people. So I think, I think I, that's probably something I would not have thought in my twenties working at a traditional agency, like where there were so many rules and so many things. Um, but I do think that like, although that's not an SEO metric, it's something that has, you know, definitely been a huge point of success. Oh, especially with the pandemic, the, as so many of the SEO jobs became remote, um, I'm finding some of the, the people that I interview, um, implemented remote uh for their analysts uh and their their people within their agencies so much earlier than the the rest of the uh um you know you know didn't come in march of 2020 they they were thinking ahead of the curve so um you know being flexible uh making it a great working environment whether it's remote or not um is just so key to to business health so uh love that love that i love that um I was hoping you could tell us what is on the horizon in 2023 for Sterling Sky and Local U and uh, also how people can get in touch with you. Yeah, so um, our our big focus this year is we're doing a huge video push. So like I mentioned videos and stuff on our, our YouTube mm-hmm. channel is something that <laughs> before the last six months was very neglected, almost non-existent. So we're trying to do more videos. Um, again, just realizing that's a huge way that people digest information these days. I've always mm-hmm. been a huge writer. So that's kind of new for us. So our YouTube channel, uh, Sterling Sky's YouTube channel is be- going to become very active. Uh, it's already on its way there, but um, if you like watching videos, that's how you consume information. We're going to be like, basically all those videos are going to be like teaching things and like little short videos on um, tips that people need to know whether they're running a small business or marketing one. Um, so I'd say definitely check out our YouTube channel. And then um, obviously the local U events, like if you want a trip or you're near Toronto or Dallas, those are the two locations we're doing events this year. Um, we we change it up. So we don't always have the same locations. It's just a matter of like where people uh, express interest. Right. So yeah, I, uh, can pro- I, would- I 
can probably get to the Toronto one. Uh, yeah, to, awesome. Yeah, can't get to the 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 Texas one. Yeah, but, all right. But, uh, uh, Toronto will be October, so you know. Yeah, sounds Hopefully sounds like a, there. sounds like a plan. Uh, we can definitely do that. Um, all right. So, uh, thank you so much for for coming on the show, and uh, hope to talk to you very soon. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Are you ready to break through to accelerate online business growth? Then join our email list at emjpodcast.com so we can keep you up to date with the latest strategies, tips, and tricks that you'll want to know. Also, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. This is the EMJ Podcast with Matt Hepburn, and we'll see you next time.